Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Expert to Authority show. And today is all about content creation. How do we create outrageously compelling, effective and easy long term content? And uh, I'm really excited to have our guest with us today, which is a podcaster, speaker, PhD and founder of both the podcast host and Alitude, the podcast maker. The podcasthost.com is a huge audio, video and written resources on creating a successful show, while Alitude.com is a web app that helps anyone to make a podcast really easy by polishing, branding and publishing your show. So Colin, welcome. It's good to see you here. How are you doing? Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, doing good today. How about yourself? I'm doing incredibly well. Uh, first of all, before we talk about uh, how to create incredible long-term content, which is definitely a topic that all our listeners and myself included are interested in, I uh, want to know how you did you get started with uh, your passion about content creation that also led you yeah. to create the podcast host and attitude. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I was an educator back in the day, about 12, 13 years ago now. Yeah, 2006, 2007, I worked at a university teaching lecturers how to be better at teaching, essentially, kind of meta, uh, but it was particularly with tech. So uh, how to use technology to teach. And one of the fancy new technologies at the time was podcasting, of course, back in 2007. It wasn't super new at that point. It was a few years old, but still not many people had heard of it. And my boss came to me and said, so I've found this new like thing called uh, podcasting. It's all about audio. Can you look into it, find out what it's all about? And I said, yes. Uh, and that was really the start of the whole story. I, I just kind of fell in love with the medium at that point. I just loved the, you know, the mix of personality, of in-depth content, of yeah. that feeling of one-to-one -one content, you know, like, you, you know, when you hear them just in your ears, when you're listening to a podcast, it's, I think it's the medium where you feel like you know the people the best, because it's just more honest and open than many other mediums. I don't know, do you find that as well? I definitely found it as well. Yeah. Um, I had a conversation with a potential client a few days ago, and he said, oh, I feel like I'm listening to your voice when I'm reading your post because I've listened to too much of your podcast. Yes. <laughs> and when I received that message, I thought this is the most brilliant piece of feedback that I can receive about my show yeah. because that's how we do it to connect with our audiences and to get us to know, get them to know us and, yeah. and vice versa. And how was it for you, the, the first step into podcasting? Because that's how you started looking into it. And I got to say that actually, I, I started podcasting, was that like six, five years ago? Uh, so it was still there, still a new, very new industry. There were definitely not as many podcasters as there are now. So how was for you when you started out? Oh, it was, yeah, it was a different thing entirely back in 2008 or so when I first created that show the first show i created was it was kind of the precursor to podcraft which is the show we run now to help people make a podcast and it was built as a 10 episode season to teach lecturers how to start a show so it was it was 10 short episodes five to ten minutes long each one covering a really specific aspect of how to start a podcast and i had to teach people how to subscribe download listen to this show back when it was 
like in the iTunes app on your computer and you had to actually plug in your MP3 player and copy the files from one to the other. It was just terrible. It was an awful experience. <laughs> so I suppose it's a, it's a mark of how compelling podcast content is that people put up with that in the first mm. five years or so of it before, you know, it was just on your phone and before it automatically updated. So yeah, it's, it's, it's changed a lot since I started. <laughs> and, and now that, uh, like let's say i would love to ask you because you have a, a very particular insight in the podcasting industry uh you can see it from a producer of podcasts from a guest of podcasts like you're now Indeed. also having a podcast app so you can see from all the different angles what are the things that are working right now in the podcasting world let's start from there Oh, I mean, I think the thing that's working the most right now is just the fact it's the it's the enablement of podcasters. It's the how simple it is to create a show these days. Like there's it's never been easier to make a podcast just through the software that's available, the tools that are available, the education that's available around how to make good content. Um, and, and the fact that it ties into so many other platforms as well, like we just had Twitter a couple of weeks ago, YouTube a few weeks ago announce these massive upgrades to their platforms to include podcasting too. So not only is it easier to make podcasts now, so much easier than ever was, but it's easier to get them out there too. And actually they integrate so much more with every other platform too. So I think that can only help us get our shows found and, and kind of integrate it with all of our content as opposed to just audio. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I remember when I started, it definitely wasn't as easy. Still five years ago, it was pretty straightforward. It wasn't too complex, but right now it is press record and distribute. And definitely you can do it from uh, one platform. And that's it. Yeah. You, yeah. You're doing everything in one place. Indeed. Um, and it's even, it's even the gear as well, actually. Like the fact that the software has come along so much, but I was at a podcast movement last week, a couple of weeks ago, which was one of the biggest podcasting events yeah. in the world. And all of the equipment manufacturers were there. Like what mic do you use yourself? Oh, actually this one is, uh, <laughs> is a microphone called Fifine. Is oh, a, a okay. 20, so <laughs> listen, is I, is this 20 pound uh, $25 microphone that oh, my cool. wife found yep. because I used to have the road podcaster and I still have it. But the setup of the road podcaster is like this huge long dildo shape. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> it didn't look that well on camera <laughs> when I was, <laughs> when I was speaking on it and also putting it up and putting it down every single time became a bit of a hassle. And my wife found this random microphone on Amazon, which actually records. I, I looked at the difference between Sounds the great. road podcaster yeah. and this one. And if you have a trained ear for yeah. microphones, you can hear the difference. But if you don't, if you're like not a sound technician, it's a good microphone. So Yeah. Well, that's, that's a really cool example of that. Because all I was going to say was that every single manufacturer now has brought out from Rode, including Rode, they were there. You've got Sure, you've got like Focusrite, you've got all these places that are making all of this gear actually now specifically for podcasters and designed mm. to make it so, so easy to record audio into a computer and at a really good quality too. So you've got mics like, I mean, I, like I know a lot about mics. I've written about mics for years, but I've never even heard of that make. That just shows you like there's oh, so many new ones coming out, so many new brands coming my out. Little, my, yeah. my little big boy here. Good, How about yeah. you? Which one do you use? <laughs> uh, at the office, actually, the Road Podcaster. I do like it. 
funny shape yeah. or not. <laughs> it's a, it's it's a good quality. one. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. a, it's it's a great like quality, that. absolutely. <laughs> uh, I know one of the biggest problems, though, for podcasters is getting your audience engaged. That's one of the biggest things. So once uh, you start and maybe you have your first 10 shows uh, under your belt, and maybe if you already have an audience or people are following you, they are listening to the first few episodes and then only your virtual assistant who's editing them, then is the only one listening. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> That's um, for the unfortunate story of many podcasters. And I know you have an interesting take on engagement and how to get your audience engaged. And I would love to expand on that. Yeah, I mean, well, I it kind of came from back in my education days, the whole idea of getting into seasons really more than anything else, like that way of engaging with people through actually designing your content in a bigger, more kind of holistic um, way, but equally more detailed and more broken down as well. And you do that by creating a series of content rather than going into, you know, one topic in depth in one episode. I think, I mean, I feel like, one of the biggest mistakes I often hear podcasters make is try and fit too much into an episode and take mm. one topic that's a really big interest area for your audience and actually just covering it over 30 minutes or an hour um, and not giving enough detail and kind of that's, you know, it's almost like, um, you know, wasting that topic by just spending one episode on it. People want to hear so much about that topic. So why not break it down? So that's kind of the, the big picture is I, I think there's so much more engagement that you can create through thinking about your podcast in terms of seasons. And actually, there's a whole lot of benefits for the podcaster as well, like you as the podcaster, you as the creator. So uh, well, what area do you want to dive into, into first? Like what, which side of it should we go into? Uh, let's start from the podcaster side. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, I think there's a few things that it makes it easier. First of all, planning. Like, so do you plan your episodes every week? Uh, like, do you, or do you have a plan ahead of time? Like, how do you go about your planning? Uh, listen, you're talking to the most disorganized person on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. I need I need people that are great at planning around me. That's ah, uh, how yes. I operate. Uh, yes. So yes. thanks God I have a great assistant who's very organized and yeah. uh, someone. So I my at the moment I like, I don't uh, I don't do any planning with the show and I've been not doing any planning for five years. It was like mm -hmm. guests come in and uh, we interview them and then when uh, I want to talk about something I'll do a solo episode and I talk about it. So yeah. that's why I've never explored the idea of season, which then, of course, that comes with planning. And, I'm, yeah. and, and, I, and I want to hear more from you because definitely you know more than that than me on this. Okay. So absolutely. That's a great example, actually, because that's, that's how most people, that's like the majority of people podcast. They turn up on the Monday morning, they think, right, I've got to make a podcast episode this week. Oh no, what am I going to talk about? And then there's a big stress and then they have to take a while to, and quite often that kind of kills a show actually, because people can, people can struggle to come up with an idea every single week. It feels like it's an effort. It's a stress to, to make up that show. Whereas with seasons, what it does with the planning is that you just take your topics. So what is one of the, for example, what's one of the biggest questions that people ask you on your podcast? Like what, what's one of the biggest questions your audience ask? Like the most common. Uh, how do question. I get new clients? Oh, perfect. Yeah. So how do I get a new client? So you take that question, the most common first question that people ask you and you think, right, how does this break down? If I was going to create a course on this, mm -hmm. maybe five to 10 lessons, how would I break that down? So what would be your first couple of topics? Uh, one is uh, uh, looking at uh, repurposing one of your offers. Okay. That could be perfect. one. Uh, yeah, Low-hanging yeah. fruit, 
repurposing yeah. one of your offers. Absolutely. Second yeah. one uh, could be going around and ask your existing clients for introductions. Yeah, perfect. Okay, so the... out, setting up the webinars. So yeah, ideal. Yeah, so there you go. So as soon as you think of that topic, like you could create an episode just on that, like how to get more clients, and you could then like spend five minutes on each of those little areas. But actually, you've, you've probably got 10, 15, 20 of those yeah. that could go into that question that you could then take as a season and think, right, what's the season? And you start bullet pointing them out. So you can have like, you know, like I said, you can have 10, 15, even up to 20 in a season. And then that's you over, you know, 20 minutes. That's generally how long it takes me to sit down, break down a topic into its component parts. In 20 minutes, you can have a plan for the next three, four months worth of content for yourself. And then if you spend another 20 minutes, just putting a wee bit of meat on those bones, like do some yeah. little bullet points inside those, maybe five to 10 inside each of those. So uh, the getting referrals from your customers one, maybe you'll just do, you know, four, five, six, seven bullet points in there that just guides you through it. I can do that. A topic that you know well, that you know well, I'm sure as well. You can do that in half an hour. And then suddenly that means that you've got a plan for the next three, four months worth of content. So there's a few things that means. First of all, it means that every single week you can just turn up. There's no stress in the book topics or anything like that. You can just open this plan up and you know exactly what you're going to talk about. And the other thing, obviously, is batch processing as well. Like it means that each month you could maybe record three, four of those at a time. And actually, it means yeah. that you're not then on that treadmill of having to make up that content every single week. It also means if you're an interview show like we're doing here, you can actually start to then plan ahead and pick out some experts to fit this. You do a search on one of the topics within that mm. big topic. You find somebody that's got an interesting point of view on that. And then you actually contact them and you bring them in and you can plan ahead and actually get a whole set of guests that have really unique views and really unique kind of takes on each of these elements. Yeah, because that was going to be my that was going to be my action, my question, because yeah. one thing is if you do have a solo podcast where it's easier to plan it on your own, where you say, okay, this is a, the topic, the, the macro topic that I want to yeah, talk about. Yeah. Yes. These are the smaller topics that I yeah. can, the different parts. Yep, yep. I think it's even more, it does work well for a solo show or a co-hosted show where there's two of you together, you can plan out a season together. But I think it's actually even more effective in an interview show because the downfall of many an interview show is that the guest comes on and it's more about the guest than the topic. You know, the guest comes on and tells a bit of their story and then kind of covers, you know, uh, the, the person who's the interviewee just asks a few questions and it can go around some good topics, but often it's a little bit rambly. Maybe it doesn't have that much focus. Uh, and, and also each interview, you know, one episode to the next, there's no link. There's no kind of tying them together. There's no progress. It's topic A, then topic Z, then topic B, then topic L or whatever. You know, it's just jumping about all over the place from beginner to advanced and all over. Whereas if you have a plan, which is, you know, it, it goes from A to B to C to D instead, you go through the topic from episode to episode to episode, that builds engagement so well because you're actually linking the episodes. It's actually a really good reason to listen to every single episode instead of skipping them. And it's all about really focused problems and really focused solutions to those problems. So, and what is the, the ideal length of a season? Is there any ideal length or is it how long is a piece of string? <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? It's a bit of a how long is a piece of string. I think it depends entirely on the content. I think you should go through the plan. You should think about the topics, you know, the subtopics within that main question. 
<clears throat> and you should plan it out in sensible sections. I, I often think about it in terms of months. So, you know, you've got a month, a one month season is quite short. It's only four episodes. A two month season is about eight. A three month season would be 12. You know, if you're thinking weekly, I find two months is quite a good period. Actually, it kind of, it keeps people engaged for quite a long time, two months over one topic, but it's not too long. It's not going three, four months. So I often aim for somewhere around eight to 10 sort of thing. Can, can you give an example cool. of a season that you've done uh, maybe yeah. recently or a while ago yeah, yeah. that, uh, so then some, someone who is listening can see also go through your thought process? Yeah, for sure. I mean, one, one of the biggest questions we get is about equipment. What is the podcast? What equipment do I need to make a podcast? One of the biggest questions we get. So I took that and I broke that down into what microphone do I need? And then what uh, recording device do I need? And what software do I need for recording? What software do I need for editing? Uh, what software do I need? For, sorry, what platform do I need for publishing? So there's just five parts of that. And there's a few other elements about equipment. We had an accessories one as well. And that one went about eight episodes, that one. So that's how I broke that down. It's just down to the elements of it. Equally, though, we did a how to start a podcast one as well. So I talked about podcraft earlier on. The first series of that was how to start a podcast. Mm -hmm. So first episode was, so that's one of the biggest questions too, how to start a podcast. So first one was uh, how to plan your, in fact, no, first one was who is your podcast for? And then it was what is your podcast for? And then I believe it was what problem and solution uh, what problem are you solving? What solution are you uh, doing for that? And yeah. why are you unique? And then we got into equipment and then we got into hosting and then we got into recording skills. So, you know, you break it down into those elements of how you solve that larger question and they are what become your episode. Uh, I really like it. So it's very simple. It's very simple. You have the, the topic and then you think about what smaller topic you can talk about that complete that particular conversation. Mm. Now, but I have a question now which might be a bit controversial and sure. uh, and might not be in favor actually of seasonal work i come from a conversion point of view i come from the point of view of i'm doing my podcast to build the relationship with my audience like a lot of people they want to sell some products or services very few as you know in the podcasting industry end up making like a huge show with brand deals uh, and uh, with the advertisement and so on the majority they will use it to uh, build their loyal audience as a way to keep in touch with their customers to attract new customers to for people to share content and so on and one of the things that works in the online course space is that if i want to sell a course is an organized version of unorganized information that i have online so mm -hmm. i can give you away all the free things that i know but you would have to put so much work to organize them in order that you rather buy my course for and pay for it now with the season you're actually giving people a structure process to follow so how do you combine seasons with online sales to make sure that it doesn't kill your conversion that people say well i don't need to buy anything that you offer because i got all the season and everything is already organized so why should i pay you <laughs> that's a good question very good question I mean, we, we still sell a lot of courses as well on top of what we do. And I think people come in and buy our courses because we add a lot more of the, the how to. So our, our seasons tell a lot about, you know, what you can do to solve a problem. Um, 
you know, uh, some ways to solve it, but our videos are then in the course and that actually shows you exactly how to do it and guides you through it. I also find that um, something we add to our courses on top of the seasons based one is the tasks. It's actually a tick box of things to do. You know, here's step one, here's step two, here's step three. And we don't necessarily actually walk people through every single one of those steps in detail on the podcast. I don't know if that works very well in audio. I feel like they need the you know written material to right. guide them through that. So I think that's how I see it. I see the audio as telling a story. It tells the story. It tells the, here's what you can do. It gives you a bit of a guide around how to go about it. But really, to get the detail, the guide, to handhold you through it, that's when you go to the course itself. And I think that you're absolutely right. It could take away some of the benefits of the course because it's the organized version. But I think that the engagement benefits of something like Seasons mm. more than makes up for that. The fact that you have people that just follow you through every single episode, the fact that you en enable so much more success and so much more action because you're guiding people through step by step in a directed yeah. and a focused way, you're making people so much more loyal. You're making people so much more engaged with your work that when you do sell something, even if there's a little bit less benefit because it's already a bit organized, it still makes them want to take part in it because of that value you've given them and because of that loyalty you've built, I believe. Oh, I like it. You know what? I'm going to give it a go. <laughs> I'm going to give it a go. That's what I love uh, also interviewing uh, and guests because uh, it gets me to think about things that I would not normally do or having a different point of view. And I would have not probably organized and structured the season, but I've already one that I can run on how to create a high converting offer. And oh, I've got seven episodes for it yeah. and uh, I can run and give it a go. And then I'll, <laughs> well, I'll do you know <laughs> and then I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah, that'd be excellent. I'd love to hear. I'd love to hear. I mean, you might find the, the two other things I often talk about with seasons that you might find if you give it a shot. And I'd love to hear how you find this too is what well, one is that it lets you take a break really easily. So actually, it's a much better excuse for at the end of that, say, three month season, you say, right, we're taking four weeks off and we'll be back on blah, blah, blah. We'll be back on this date. Um, you barely, like all the experiments that I've run around this, all of the other experience I've heard, you don't lose listeners through this as long as you communicate it sure. well, as long as they know when you're coming back, it's all good. But the benefit of this is more engagement. We're talking about engaging listeners, engaging your audience here. A wonderful thing that works really well during that break is if you end the season and you say uh, one of a couple of things, you say, right, season's finished. We're going to start again on August the 20th. What do you want us to cover? We're going to be away for four weeks. We're going to run a survey over those whole four weeks. We might even offer a prize or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, don't yeah. Really and then the day, they become in charge of the creation of the next tell season. You. Exactly. They tell you. And if they are in charge of it, if they feel ownership over it, they're so much more likely to engage with that next season, enjoy it, get the right content. And it's brilliant. And even one more thing you can do as well is you can even ask them to feed back into it. So you get their feedback on what they want to cover, yeah. but get them to leave you some messages, get them to send you some audio clips and then actually help you create that content to include their questions. And when you have that break, you have that four week break, six week break, eight week break, whatever it is, you can batch sort of getting in that content, dealing with that content and doing something with it to start the next season, to make the next season higher quality, um, more involved with the listeners, get more of their stuff in there and really engage them that second I, time. I have, I have many clients who are running their own shows. So really? I'm definitely going to forward them this interview as soon as we publish oh, okay, it. Good. Because uh, <laughs> it is a, a great and simple way as well 
to organize your podcast, to take your listeners to a journey, but not with a kind of organization and structure that will trap someone like me. Because I need structure in my life, but at the same time, I don't want to be trapped by it. And this way, I feel like is that it allows, it gives structure to you and the audience, so then they know what to expect, but also gives you the freedom to change topic, to move from a guest interview to a solo episode, which is what uh, cr for creators uh, is that freedom and that flexibility to be able yeah. to express themselves and create. Yeah, now, Colin, it has been a great interview. Yeah. Uh, absolutely love it. I know there are definitely people here that are watching or listening. Say, okay, I need to know more about what Colin has to offer. I would love to know more about what's available. So over to you, man. Oh, yeah, thank you. I mean, yeah, if, if anyone wants to start a podcast, we've got our, our first point is um, our how to start guide. It's a big, massive guide on our blog. So just go over to thepodcasthost.com forward slash start. And that's a, a full free guide. It'll take you through the whole thing. Um, and if they want an easy way to make it, it would be excellent if they tried out our, uh, you go and have a look at our podcast maker app, Alitu as well. It's over at alitu.com, A-L-I-T-U.com. And it's got a seven day free trial. All right. All the links are in the show notes or in the description as well. So make sure you scroll down, check it out. Like even before you stop this episode, just go click the link, look at the podcast guide and also look at Alitu uh, for a podcast maker app. Uh, Colin, uh, if we were to wrap up with a final message, this interview, what would your final message be? I think it's all about keeping it simple. Like I said at start, like don't overcomplicate things. Make your first 10 episodes super simple by simple gear. You know, just that USB mic we were talking about earlier. Um, make the planning simple by using seasons to, you know, plan out a season. Just commit to 10 episodes, like a first 10 episode season, for example. Um, and to keep the editing simple as well, actually. Like uh, use a tool like Alitu, for example, to do all your audio cleanup and all that kind of stuff. Make it really simple to put it together and don't edit out your ums and ahs and all that kind of thing. So, yeah, just keep it super simple. First 10 episodes um, until you get right into the swing of things. All right, keep it simple. Keep it simple. <laughs> Colin, thank you very much once again for an incredible interview. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for watching and listening. And I cannot wait to see you in the next episode. And always remember that together we grow exponentially. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Explode Your Expert Business Show. If you enjoyed the interview, please subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Every week we will select a winner from the reviews that we get. So it might be you. Make sure you give us a review. It means the world to us and that's how we, you can help us grow the show. Also remember to download the Expert Business Checklist to get the roadmap on how to become an authority in your field. The link is in the show notes or you can visit gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. So it's gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. And as well, finally, if you want to receive daily support in your coaching and speaking business or explore how we can work together, join our private Facebook group, Explode Your Expert Biz. Again, you can find it on Facebook at Explode Your Expert Biz or the link is in the show notes. Thank you very much for listening and until next time, remember that together we grow exponentially.